0: You guys can be seated. Yeah, my name is Pete. Um, for those of you who don't know me, uh, me and my wife, Jess, were just friends of the family. Um, man, we, we, I actually uh, worked at Victory Point for a couple years, and this past summer we moved back to Minnesota. And while we were living here, each spring break, my wife's a teacher, uh, we, would, we would, each spring break she had, we would go to Minnesota and we'd see our family. And so now we just decided, man, like, if she's going to have spring break, we could go to Michigan and see our family. Uh, so yeah, come on, come on, that's good, it's good. So yeah, we're here and it's so, it's such a blessing, man. We, we, all the time we talk about it, we're like, man, we just miss Victory Point. We miss our friends and, and, and family. We miss the youth group. I miss putting air horns underneath Matt's chair and scaring, scaring the crap out of him. You know, I, I just miss it. Uh, man, but it's so good to be back. It's so, so, so good to be back. I've had, um, this has been a weird weekend, um, Man, so we, back on Friday night, me and Jess, we put together a worship night at the University of Minnesota. And what was supposed to be an hour and a half of worship turned into three hours of worship. Come on. Yeah. Praise God. People just couldn't stop singing. It was really good. But I was like, man, we got to leave at four. We're getting up at 445 tomorrow to go to Michigan. We got to get out of here. And, uh, but it, it turned out we got home at like, 30 in the morning, and we're like, oh boy, this is going to be interesting, and went to bed at 2, got up at 4.45, came to Michigan, we hung out last night, and the whole time I'm going, God, man, I got to kind of work on this sermon a little bit. <laughs> like, I got to kind of get my creative, you know, I didn't even think about this, and uh, it got to like midnight last night, and I'm still not in bed, I'm going off two hours of sleep, I was like, okay, well God, I'm gonna get up at like, you know, 6, and I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna work on this with you, and I wake up in the morning, and I'm like, Wow, for like four hours of sleep, like I'm feeling pretty good right now. And I'm like, this is weird. You know, my tendency would be jump out of bed. Something's wrong. It's later than what you think it is. And I was like, no, I'm going to fight that tendency. My alarm's not going off. I'm good. So I just kind of rolled over, went back to bed. And then I woke up and I was like, okay, something's off. There's no way it's not 545 yet. And, and uh, I got out of bed and it was uh, 740. And I was like, oh, I got to be at church in less than an hour. This is good. So my morning's just been Crazy. But uh, man, nonetheless, it is so, so fun to be here. Man, I know you guys have been going through a series called The Meal with Jesus, and you've been talking about how Jesus was using like this, this thing of a meal right, to, to extend grace, to establish community as a way to disciple people and to share the good news of the kingdom. Come on. Something as little as a meal, Jesus was using it. At, and for many of you know, like, I, I'm, I'm finishing up um, my, my time in seminary, and, and one of my assignments this week was to, to read through the Gospel of Luke in one sitting. And I was like, that's fitting. Because I know Victory Point, you guys are reading through the Gospel of Luke. And so I was sitting down, and I was reading this, and I was just gripped as I read Jesus' life. It's so amazing. See, everywhere that Jesus went, he was on a mission. Literally, his whole life was lived in surrender to the Father, and everywhere he went, he saw it as his mission field. And so we read about Jesus going here and there, and man, it's like, it's like rapid fire. It's like one story after another, one testimony after another. Jesus is just radically surrendered to his Father, and he's seeing the kingdom of God break out. And Jesus, I think, summarizes his mission uh, just so s- uh, simply in Luke uh, 4, verse 43. He says this, he says, is he up there? Okay, but he replied, I, said, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God in other towns too, because that is why I was sent. I think, man, when we, when we talk about Jesus and we talk about his life, see, I, I know we're, we're a church and we want to be surrendered to Jesus. We want to do the things that Jesus did, right? That's, that's our whole life pursuit is to be like Jesus. And he says that, man, my whole life, my whole mission, my whole ministry, it could be summed up in this that I bring the good news of the kingdom of God. That's why I've come. See, each one of us, if we placed our faith in Jesus, we've been reconciled to the Father. In Second Corinthians 5, it says that we become ambassadors of his kingdom, representatives of who he is. And, and some of us, we like, I don't know if I really feel qualified to be a messenger of the good news of the kingdom. I don't really know if that, that, that's who I am, but Jesus says, no, when you place your faith in me, I put my spirit in you, and that's your qualification. See, each person in this room who's surrendered to Jesus, who's given their life to Jesus, has been brought to the Father. And then the Father looks at us, and he goes, now just as I sent Jesus, I'm sending you. Just as I've sent my son to a lost and a broken world, now I'm sending you back into a lost and broken world. And you're not going to live with the same vision and the same purpose that you had before. But you're going to actually live intentionally, and you're going to live with this, this heart cry to bring my kingdom everywhere you go. And so, when I think about this the sermon series, it's not just like you know, being a, sharing a meal and being a good person. Whatever. Like Jesus just saw every aspect of his life as an opportunity. That's what it was. He, he, he didn't, he, every moment was holy to him. See, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes we t- kind of tend to compartmentalize our life, right? Like we block off certain times for God or whatever. But Jesus just was like, no, God is in everything that I do. If I'm a teacher, man, Jesus is there with me in the classroom and he wants to show up. And if I'm in business, man, Jesus is with me at my business and he wants to show up. See, he just saw every moment as this opportunity to bring his father's kingdom. And so when we read about these meals, it's not just, you know, sharing food and being a good person. He's like, no, this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity for me to, to share a meal with someone and actually point them to my father so that they might be transformed. Come on, that should get us excited. It gets me stirred. But before I begin, I just want to pray really quick. God, I thank you for, for just being here right now. God, I thank you that um, you're in this room with us and that you're longing to speak to our hearts. You're longing, God, just to, just, just to fill us with your fire, God. Fill us with your passion for the world. So God, we just invite you to do that right now. In Jesus' name, amen. So this was Jesus' heart, just to bring the kingdom of God everywhere he went. And he used something as little as a meal, to do it. Man, that convicts me so much because how often am I just kind of trying to make it through my day? How often am I, am I just going and I'm eating and all this stuff, but then I just don't even really focus on the world around me, but that was impossible for Jesus. See, everywhere Jesus went, he was establishing community. I mean, you read about it. He had, he had the, the inner circle of his three best friends. Then he had the 12. Then he had the 72. And everywhere he went, you know, thousands of people would flock to hear Jesus. See, Jesus was constantly, Matt talked about this last week when he called Levi or Matthew, he called him to follow him. And what he was doing was he was going into the the darkness of brokenness. He was calling broken people to come to him, right? And it was as they would come to him that they would receive his grace. You guys talked about this last week. They would receive his grace, and as they would receive his grace, they'd be like, man, i got to follow him. I want to be like him. Man, I just tasted and saw God's goodness, and now I want it. And so what we see is that people would begin as they would just sit with Jesus and be with Jesus and break bread with Jesus, that they begin to be drawn to him in everything that they did so they'd follow him and become like him. See, Jesus created community everywhere he went. My question is, is man, do we have eyes to see like that? I know that for me, this is one of the hardest things. Sometimes I just want to like, be by myself. But Jesus, because I'm kind of, I can't even find myself being task-oriented. You know, all my, my, my days I wake up and I just want to get something done, get something done. But Jesus was like waking up and his sole ambition was to encounter people. He didn't have an agenda. He wasn't just trying to make it through his day. He's like, Father, give me eyes to see the people around me. That I might actually minister to their hearts and that they might receive your love and that they might be changed. And so we read in Luke seven about this, the story, these, these Pharisees, right? These religious elites of of Jesus's day, they they invite um, Jesus over for a meal and Jesus is sitting there. He's reclining with them. And I am just kind of thinking like Jesus is looking around this table and he's thinking to himself like, "Man, you guys are missing it. See, because around this table, everyone looks the same except for Jesus, right? It was these, these people who really prided themselves on their devotion to God on their zeal to God, but there wasn't, there was something just a little off, right? There's something a little off in their pursuit of God. And so this is what happens. This is one of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat. When a certain immoral woman from that city heard he was eating there, she brought, or she, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet and she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. When the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know that what kind of woman is touching him. She's a sinner. So I just want you to picture this. Here's all these people, right, around this table who just, they believed, like, if anyone knows God, it's us. Right, we're so devout, we're so zealous for God. But their zeal was misplaced because they didn't actually understand God's heart. And so we know that Jesus came in first and foremost to bring us back to God, but he also showed us how we were called to live our lives. See, he came and, and took upon himself our weaknesses, our fragility. He, he, he subjected himself to temptation, all this stuff, just to show us what a life surrender to the Father was supposed to look like. And so he comes into the religious world of, of, of his day, right? These Pharisees, and he sits down at a table with them. And he wasn't just there to just not do anything. He was there to show them, like, no, if you guys really think you're zealous for God, if you really think that you know God, well, this is what he actually looks like. And this woman comes in and look at this religious mindset. They go, oh, wow, ew. what's he doing here? Like, this is weird. It's uncomfortable. And they even go as far to like question Jesus' right standing with God. If he was really a prophet, would he be letting this woman come to him like this? But Jesus, who in Hebrews 1, it says, is the exact representation of the Father. He's the radiance of the Father's glory. He lets this broken and dirty and sinful woman come to him. And she receives his grace. And at the end of the story, we read that he said, go. Your faith has healed you. And right after that, in in Luke 8, we read that uh, Luke writes, he goes, um, Jesus went from town to town and with him were women who had been healed from diseases and freed from evil spirits. And I think that Luke put this in there intentionally showing that when this woman was allowed to come to the table of Jesus, her automatic response was, now I want to follow him. And I think the question that God has for us today is, are we living our lives? I mean, I, everyone in this, in this room right now, I guarantee it, everyone in this room, we can think of somebody who needs to receive Jesus's grace. We can think of somebody who, who actually needs to hear the truth of the kingdom through us, the good news of the kingdom. My question is, are we stewarding those opportunities? Are, are we welcoming people to the table in order that we can preach them the good news, we can give them the good news of Jesus? You know, it was four years ago, me and my wife, Jesse were in downtown Minneapolis. And we came upon, uh, upon this guy named Antoine, And Antoine had broken glasses. Um, He was covered in blood and he he was drunk. And It was like 11 in in the morning. And, um, you know, we stopped and we started talking to him. And he's like, man, I just really need money. And I was like, well, dude, I don't have money, but I got something way better for you. Uh, Why don't you just come with us? And so me and Jess, we took him to this this food truck and um, we bought him some food. We just sat down with him. And it was as he started eating this food, he realized, like man, we're not just people passing by, but we actually care about him. Like we actually, our hearts are broken for him. And be, without us even really prying or trying, he just starts venting to us about his life. And he just became super open and fragile and vulnerable with us in this moment. And we got to speak the truth boldly in love, man. Antonio, you're created for so much more than this, man. God, the creator of the entire universe, knit, knit you together in His image so that you can know him and walk with him. He cares about you so much. And man, this, this meal isn't from us. It's, it's actually from him. He wants you to know that. And we were just messengers placed in your path today so that you could experience this. See, what, what, what inviting people into the setting of sharing a meal does is it breaks down walls. Man, how many people do we know in our lives who have hardened hearts? They're closed off to God. But man, we know that the truth of what really needs to happen is they just need to experience love. And when, we've, when we provide for someone's tangible need like this, it breaks down their walls, it brings down their hostility, and there's an openness to the gospel. In January, I, was in, I got the chance to go to Kenya. And um, we were doing um, open air crusades. Uh, we, were, we were in this this small village called Megory, and each night we would we would do just an open air crusade where we 'd preach the gospel in the downtown center and and, and people would come and, and, and encounter God and it was amazing, so many stories coming out of that week. but my favorite story was um, I brought my, one of my it was just i went by myself and I brought um, just one good buddy. Because I knew he was a photographer. I was like, man, I can't go to Kenya and not get good pictures. This is going to be awesome. And so he came along with me. And while he was there, he's like, man, I just really want to play P- PlayStation. And at first, I was like, come on, dude, we're in Kenya. Like, PlayStation, really? And, uh, but I was like, whatever, man, like, you know, you got free time. If, you, if that's really what you want to do when you're in Kenya, like, go ahead, you know. And uh, he disappears with our, our, our guide into this, like, really shady building. And I'm like standing outside and like I'm sticking out like a sore thumb at this point. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to stay by myself. So I went into this building and I, you know, you're winding in and out of these hallways and I end up in this this video game room where they're trying to rent this PlayStation. And I'm like, man, I don't really want to be here, all this stuff. And so I just sit down and in walks these three teenagers from the local school. And um, I'm like, Lord, what do you want to say to these guys? Like if I'm going to be here, if I'm just going to be sitting here, Man, I'm not going to sit here without purpose. God, what do you want to say to these guys? And so I just start talking with them. And I start, you know, everyone um, in that region man, is kind of like, here, a lot of people identify as Christian. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, I believe in Jesus. Okay, but are you following Jesus? Yes, I follow him. Like, are you, so I'm talking with them. They're like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I believe in God and all this stuff. And I just start sharing my testimony. But, man, yeah, when I was your age, dude, I was, I was really broken. I was into all sorts of stuff, and my life was broken. I was hopeless. I was really sad, all this stuff. But when I opened my heart up to Jesus and I let him in, he changed everything. Thanks so much, dude. Last time I drank one up here, I choked, so I don't know if I'm going to do that. Um, and I'm like, man, I was so broken, and they're listening. And I'm, it was just this moment, the sweet moment with the Lord where I was like, man, I can tell that God's touching their hearts right now. And so I exchanged numbers with them, and we leave that place. And one of the guys' names uh, was Solo Flex it's an awesome name. I told him that. He's like, my name's Soloflex. He's like, that's awesome. And, uh, and he texts me and he goes, he goes, hey, Pete, before you leave, um, I'd really like to see you again. I know you're leaving soon and you guys are busy, but I'd really love to see you. And each night what would happen is we'd go to these um, crusades, we'd, we'd preach, we'd see God move, and then we'd go home to our hotel and we would just hang out and we'd eat food. And so I was like, awesome. Like, let's invite him to have a meal with us. So we invited him back to our hotel. Um, He shows up and within minutes of just ordering our food, we didn't even have it yet. He just starts telling us his story. Yeah, I've actually never met my father. Um, My mom had me when she was 15 and then my mom died when I was four and I was an orphan and my aunt took me in and... Now I live with my aunt, but man, I don't have a job. I don't have money. My aunt's struggling. She's all these kids, and she's taking upon herself the, the responsibility of raising me. And I just feel like a burden. And it, we hadn't even started eating yet. And so just like with Antoine, like this meal became this thing where his walls just came down. He's like, I see that you actually care about me. And so, you know, he was telling us, man, I really need a job. And, you know, in my mind, I'm like, what can I do? What can I do? And I was like, this hotel. Why don't we see if there's a job for him at this hotel? And so we're leaving with Solo Flex. I don't even know why I'm telling this part of the story, but it's cool. And, and the manager, like, is, like, comes outside, and they had had this massive van of, like, you know, just the, the classic tourist, African safari tourists come in. And all these people were complaining it's too hot, we need fans. So the manager came up to me and was super blunt. He's like, man, do you have a fan that I can have for for these people? And I was like, well, do you have a job that my friend can have? (laughs) Because I'll trade you, I'll give you this fan if you can get him. And I'm just saying that because, man, because we invited him into this meal, we had an opportunity to minister into his life. And we had the opportunity to show that, man, we, we care more about you than just like, these temporary things, we actually care about your spiritual, like, destiny. Like, who, are you aligned with Jesus? Are you following him? And we, we still text, he calls me once a week. And I'm just saying that because, man, as Jesus went, he had eyes to see the people who needed to encounter the Father's love. And he didn't just acknowledge it and move on, you know? And it's just, sometimes it's so often what we do, we acknowledge it and we move on. But Jesus would then invite them into his life. And it's like this sinful woman who was invited to the table of Jesus. She encountered his love and she wanted to follow him. And I just believe that God is saying, man, I want to use you guys in the same way. Like open your eyes. The harvest field is ripe. Jesus said that in John 4. He said, open your eyes and see that the harvest field is ripe. And when you see that, now be attentive. God, who are you you calling me to invite in to my community? Who are calling me to minister to, God? I want to bring them around the table so that they can hear your truth. See, it's more than just getting them a meal and just being like a good person about it. Okay, now have a good day. But it's as we do that, man, they begin to open up. They trust us. They begin to say, oh, wow, there's something different about you. You actually care about me. You know, the, the, when we read about the early church in Acts 2, I, I want to read a, a portion of it because, man, this is God's heart for the church. I just want you to pay attention to what it says. It says this, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and to fellowship, and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over all of them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers met together in one place, and they shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together in the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who are being saved. So check this out. The early church said, Man, we're gonna commit ourselves to this. Meeting together. That reminds me of missional communities, right? Man, we're just committing ourselves to meeting together and breaking bread and and investing in community. But then as they would go, right, they committed themselves to the Bible and to prayer. and, And as they would go, each one of them was being used to extend this mission. Each one of them was being used to bring God's kingdom. It says that they would go their separate ways and the Lord added to their number each day those who were being saved each day. That's amazing. That's revival. And that's what God's heart is, that we would be a church that was committed to community, but then committed to adding to the community, to bringing people in. See, that's what Jesus did. See, the Pharisees in in, in Luke 7, they were just sitting around the table with people who looked like them, walked like them, talked like them, thought like them. But Jesus was constantly going to the broken people. He said, the healthy don't need a doctor, the sick do. And we are those physicians. We are those people who are called to go into the darkness. And so like the early church, it can't just stop around the table. But it's as we go, as we get encouraged from the testimonies that we're sharing over a meal, as we're praying over each other, as we're reading about what God's storyline is for this world, that we go out and we're actually filled up with his love and we can actually minister to the people around us. You know, there's this verse in Revelation 3. It's often quoted out of context. It's quoted as this like salvation verse. It's in in Revelation 3, it's verse 20. And it's Jesus speaking to the Laodicean church. And this is what he says, look, I stand at the door and I knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Look, Jesus is talking to the church. He's talking to believers He's not talking to people who don't know him. He's talking to people who'd encountered him, who'd given their lives to him, but then grown cold, apathetic, lethargic. And three weeks ago, I was in my office at our house and i was just praying. And um, God was just really stirring my heart. You know, all week, man, Matthew 24 had been on my heart. Jesus is talking about his return. He's talking about what he's coming. When he's coming back to the earth, what's it going to look like? And, and, and I was like, oh, man, like this verse is just, it's, like, it's killing me, God. Like, I, it, gr- it grieves my heart. And uh, it was ironic because, like, that morning, like, for one of my assignments, I had to read Matthew 24. And, and in Matthew 24, Jesus says, when the Son of Man returns, this is what he's going to find the earth like people's love will grow cold. Their hearts will grow hard. It'll be like in the days of Noah, when when people went about eating and celebrating and partying, and they didn't know about the flood until the flood came. He says, that's what the earth will be like. And when I read that, this is what I think. He's getting most of the world when Jesus returns is going to be completely unaware of God. They're just going to be going through the motion. And so Jesus is standing at this, the door of the hearts of people who've encountered him, who've received his love. And he's saying, look, you've grown cold. You're just going through the motions. I have so much more for you. If you'd knock or if you'd open the door when I knock, I'll come in and I'll eat a meal with you. Man, I get so convicted by this. Because how often am I just going through my life without an awareness of God? How often am I waking up in my days all about me and my needs and what I need when Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me? It's heavy, right? It's heavy. The first thing I did, I started crying and then I texted my whole family of this group message. I was like, you guys, Jesus is knocking on your heart. You got to open it because he wants to eat with us. See, as we open up our hearts and we eat with Jesus, what that means to me is that we just go deep with him that we allow him to teach us, that we allow him to lead us in, our, in the scripture, that we allow him to speak to our hearts and give us direction. It's as we do that, that we're like his disciples who when, when he called Levi and Levi became Matthew and they ate together and then it was as Matthew was going deep with Jesus that he actually became like Jesus. See, it says we open up the doors of our heart to God and we say, God, I wanna, I wanna spend time with you. I wanna go deep with you. I wanna eat with you. That we begin to Change. And our eyes begin to see things that they didn't before. And our hearts begin to love in a way that they haven't before. See, some of us, we just need to pray this prayer. God, if you're knocking on the door of my heart, God, if I've grown cold towards you, God, if I'm living for myself, then I invite you in right now. God, you can have your way in my heart. You can do whatever you want to do in me. I'm yours. I want to be used for your glory. And it's when we pray that prayer and we actually create a space where God can come in and speak to us that our lives begin to change. And all of a sudden I'm going into work and man, that that guy who's really been a burden the last couple months, man, I actually see this way more than him just being a burden to me. Like he's broken and he just needs somebody. Hey dude, you want to go get lunch with me? I'm going to go get lunch later. And it's as we do that, the doors begin to open for the gospel to go forth and for the ministry of the Holy Spirit to take place. Hearts begin to get healed. Come bodies will get healed. Like all of these things will happen because we're actually having eyes to see the brokenness around us. See, Jesus, everywhere he went, he created community. He fostered it. He had it with his friends, but he didn't just stop there with his friends. He actually brought it to others. My question for us today is, is are, we, are we eating? Are we sharing a meal with Jesus? Are we opening up our hearts and we're saying, God, would you, would you come and would you have your way in my heart? I'm gonna invite the band forward. God's heart for us is that we be people who, who go into a dark world and we foster and we create a community that's full of broken people who are being restored, by the grace and love of Jesus. And as they're being restored, they actually realize, man, now I'm an ambassador for his kingdom. And my qualification rests in this alone, that my faith is in him. I've been made right with him and he's given me his spirit. And it's as we see that as our, as our role in the kingdom that we'll actually see Jesus's ministry taking place in our life. You know, Christians, it means like little Christ-like ones. That's, that's where the name came from. It was kind of like a dish. People, these people, Jesus didn't come to start a new religion and to build churches. He came to show us the way to the father and and people who followed him were called Christians because they looked like Jesus. They did the things that he did. So today, this morning, I feel like God's question for us is, and are we asking, are we eating with him? And then are we asking him to open up our eyes to see who we can minister to? There's people all around us. And if we invite them into our lives something as little as a meal can break down their walls and create a way for the Holy Spirit to move in their life. Man, and there's nothing greater than seeing God touch a life. There isn't. There's nothing greater than seeing someone who is dead come to life, someone who is stuck in sin transformed. There's nothing greater than this. It's the greatest gift ever. And and even as I say that, like, I just realized that, man, there's this guy named John in, in high school. He was 34 years old, and he invited me into his house. Now I was, most of you know this story, but I was a druggie. I was into all sorts of stuff. I would go to school high. I would drink all the time. Like, I was just messed up. And he didn't care. He had two little girls. And he was like, he didn't care if I showed up high. He didn't care if I showed up drunk. He just wanted to be with me. And it was as he invited me into his house, I actually saw that he loved me. And that he cared about me. And it convicted me. He never told me, Pete, you need to change. He would speak boldly with me and tell me, you're not living in the fullest potential for your life. And I would leave that place, every week convicted. And I'd look at my friends and be like, yeah, I can't do this anymore. All because he made a way for me to be a part of his life. And he'd invite me over, I'd eat family meals with them. And I experienced Jesus' grace and I knew that I wanted to become like him. And my life changed. And so I just, I just encourage you, be open to the Lord. Even this week, as you go about this week, tomorrow's the start of a new work week. Be open, say, God, I know you're knocking on the door of my heart. I don't wanna be apathetic. I don't wanna be lethargic. Show me who, you, who I can invite into my community. Maybe you guys have missional communities and you know that each week you're gonna be with people who believe in the power and the authority of Jesus, but you have this person in your life who, who doesn't know Jesus. What a great space to invite someone to where they can receive prayer and love and encouragement and encounter Jesus's grace. So Lord, I just thank you for today. God, we just pray that as we move into this closing song of worship, God, that you'd speak and minister to our hearts. God, that you would highlight people that that are in our lives for specific reasons, God, that we might be your hands and feet. God, that we might be ambassadors of your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.